Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that inch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're gonna see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. Now, what are you gonna do? everybody and welcome to the northeast scene podcast this is keith and tommy and we are here on a very special one year anniversary show of the northeast scene podcast (laughs) one year ago tommy we started the show and do you know what today is march 1st do you know what today is oh my god it's our anniversary. <laughs> it's our special day, Tommy. I was trying to explain this to the girls, like why this was an important show. And like the only context they had for like celebrating something is they have their 100th day of school celebration. And yeah. I would like, is this your 100th, 100th episode? And I was like, no. And they're like, then why are you doing anything? I'm like, the best way I could explain it was it's the show's birthday. And they were like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, you should probably have a party then. It's the show's birthday. We're having a party. We've been doing this podcast for a year now. And, you know, when we recorded those first four episodes, 
in that hotel room in Center City, Philadelphia a year ago. We had no idea what was in store, you know. We were blissfully unaware that COVID yeah. would keep us inside for the entire next year. We didn't know how to record. We didn't know how often the show was going to air. We didn't know what we were doing. But we got there, and we had Mike Shaw on. We had Pat Shannon on, who were kind enough to sit with us and share their stories. And we got it done. We did it. And you know what? The show ended up becoming weekly, which I'm glad because we're here now every week with you to bring you the finest conversations with artists from all over the world. And uh, celebrating with us on today's show, we're going to have Richie Taver, who mixes down the sound for us for the show. He's an engineer. He's an artist. He's a musician. We're going to talk to Richie. We're going to talk to Mike Shaw from this day forward. He was our very first guest on the show, and we'll be back to catch up with him. And last but not least, friend of the show, Josh Brigham of Hope's Fall. We'll be catching up with him as well. It's a celebration of life, of the show, of our friends, and it's going to be a great time. It's a celebration, bitches. That's right. That's right. You know what's crazy? Our YouTube videos don't get too many views like oh yeah because people mostly listen to us on apple and spotify the episode where i make fun of the beatles (laughs) and we like make fun of the doors and shit it got like over 300 views i i was so i what did i text you last when you told me about this i texted you back and i was like no shit because e-town concrete fucking rules and on top (laughs) of that the day is theirs the night the night is also theirs as well. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. Maybe because I threw the hashtag Beatles in there. Like all the Beatles fans listened to it and were like, ah, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Are there a ton of comments? Is it just people like arguing in the comments or is it no, just? No, oh, that's good. what I thought. I was like, oh, maybe I started like World War Three, and I went and looked no comments. I was oh, like, oh, okay, huh. good. Yeah. Or maybe people liked the Beatles parody songs so much that they listened to it over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, folks, it's been one year of the Northeast Scene podcast. I didn't even conceive that I would ever do a podcast, let alone weekly, for a year. So it's actually kind of stunning to me that we're doing this. And I've said it on the show before. I'll say it again. Every week, right before we record, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm too nervous. I stink. It's too much. I can't do it. And then we finish, and I'm like, ah, that was great. And then I go to edit it, and I'm like, this is too much work. I can't do it. I can't listen to myself. I have to stop. And then I finish editing it, and I send it off to Richie to be mixed. And I'm like, yes, another one in the books. And it's the same cycle every week. But I'm just going to keep going. We're going to keep going, Tommy. I'm into it. Yeah. I don't have anything else to do. (laughs) Yeah. This is literally all I have to do now, besides work. Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. There's other stuff I do. But as far as, like, creative pursuit, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything. We don't have bands or anything like that. I'm learning how to play landslide on uh, acoustic. Oh, nice. Like, I don't know how to finger pick really well. So I'm, like, learning Travis picking right now. And it's, ah. it, 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 you know, slow at first, but it, it's getting there. That's nice. I like that. And uh, folks, 
stay on for after the interviews. Tommy and I are going to talk about some of our favorite guests and some of our favorite moments from those shows. That's going to be in the the last segment of the show, so stick around for that. I didn't pull any clips or anything like that because I'm lazy, and I don't want to go back and listen to all the shows and find all the clips and pull them, but we're going to talk about them. And if you're new to the show, you know, you'll have some some good mile markers for places to start to listen. Because, uh, I mean, every sh- episode of this show is classic and wonderful <laughs> and excellent. But, you know, some really stand out. Sometimes we get into some really deep, awesome conversations, and uh, we're going to be talking about some of those. I love it. I think I think the biggest thing with this is, like, I'm always surprised, and this is how I figure it out, is at the end of the sh- like when we're done recording segments, Keith, Keith and I always make sure we keep the same naming conventions for like the files, and I'll go, Keith, what episode is this? He'll go, it's 51. And I'm like, fuck, we've done 51 of these? <laughs> Every time I say it, I'm like, Jesus, it's that many for fucking... And it's like from week to week, I somehow have like this selective amnesia. Like I forget that number, and I just, I'm always like stunned by it. But yeah, here we are, dude, a year later. And we do this completely by ourselves because I've realized over the years you can't really count on anybody. So we do it ourselves. I figured out how to record it. I figured out how to make the artwork. I made the social media. Tommy and I talk about the guests. Tommy and I get together and uh, record this thing together. Richie helps us out with the sound. It's us three. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way I want it. You know, more people, it gets confusing. And keep it in-house. Because then you, like, I think the thing is, is like, the more we have to spread it around, the more likely someone's going to drop the ball. Like, at least. No, but like, at least we hold each other accountable. Like, you know, I'll text you and say like, hey, what time are we recording? You're like, all right, I'm waiting on a text back from so-and-so. We're probably going to record Monday at six. Okay, cool. I'm going to set that side of time or that time aside. And I'll I'll be able to go back and uh, make sure that like, if anything changes, we'll be able to kind of like reorient. And like during the week, I'll, I'll, you know, I can carve out a couple hours and we can record. Yeah. And we have this shit down to a science now. It's like a three person band and that's the best, like it's like audience of one. It's perfect. Not too many people, not too many opinions, not too much confusion. You just show up, do the work, and be done. Exactly. But I think, I mean, here's the thing. This show is partly about, like, our relationship and, like, us talking about our lives and, you know, like, our relationship to music and that kind of stuff. But a lot of it is around the guests. Like, it's that's what we focus on. And actually, we've, we've hit on this in the last, like, probably, like, 10 interviews or so. But like, you know, the the guests will eventually go, we haven't really talked about the band. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we we know. Like, what are we going to do? Sit there and have a conversation about like what kind of guitars you used when you record or what gauge string you use? Who gives a fuck? Like, you know, this isn't that podcast. We're here to Actually, talk about Actually, no, no guest has ever complained that we didn't talk about the band, yeah. but guests have been happy. Several guests have said that we're happy they're happy we talk about stuff other than music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we Keith, you always preface it with like, this isn't an interview. <laughs> like, yeah. This is a conversation. It's one nice long conversation. I'm more interested in the people than the actual music, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Because the thing is, the music is the music. It's already there. If you want to go listen to it, fucking YouTube it. Like, 
Yeah, like I don't care how it was recorded necessarily or where. I don't care about gear. I care about the meaning behind songs. Yeah. And or if there's like a theme, you know what I mean? Because I, I like to see like what the connection is and that kind of stuff. I love drama. I'm always digging for drama. That's fun. Yeah, that's one of those things I don't really care about, I guess. Like I when love it's, it. I know. You always ask a question like, hey, is there anything you guys have gone through or difficult to, like as a band that's been really difficult for you guys? <laughs> yeah. And I'm always like, I always am kind of on my end like cringing just a little bit like, oh, no. <laughs> this person is going to fucking hang up on us. <laughs> like, no, they can just say no. Yeah, no. And people actually, I mean, you know, some there's a few guests that have been like, yeah, you know, there's some stuff that has happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they leave it at that. Um, but I think that's kind of one of those things that, um, you know, if people are, are willing to talk about that kind of stuff and they just need the kind of the right question to get them there, like, yeah. you know, this isn't an interview at gunpoint. We're not telling anybody to say something crazy. Um, you know, yeah, you, I ask in a way where they can just say no easily if they want to. And if they don't want to, I'm going to drop it. it I, I always think about it like work. Like if somebody said to me at work, like, Hey, can you do this? And you're not my boss. Like, no. Like, if I'm not, like, if I'm like able to do it and I can actually help out, yeah, for sure, I'll, I'll do it. But if I'm like swamped with stuff, like I have lesson plans due or I have to go make copies and they're like, hey, could you do this for me? Oh, not right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, cause here's the thing there's 30 other teachers. Go find somebody. Like, that, that, like, it, it's not a, there's a, 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 there's a fairly large pool of people to, you know, get from. Like, it, with this, it's like, you know, if they want to answer the question, they can, but I'm, we're not sitting there telling them they have to talk about things that are uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But if they choose to, that's great because especially if it's something that's been kind of like either lingering or kind of festering and they've been like, you know what? I actually want to talk about this now and I'm glad you guys brought it up. It's like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Because usually that means they haven't, they haven't really talked about it publicly either. <laughs> I want exclusives here. Like I want someone to say they're leaving the band on the show. Oh, I don't want. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> <laughs> or no, you know what I want to do? I want to like have a major announcement here. Oh, yeah. That'd or be- if there's two people who are fighting really bad, I want to like have them both on the show and broker some kind of peace deal. Oh. Yeah. I would do that too. That would be cool. You become like a divorce mediator. Like, yeah, I want to be the center of everything. And I think I would be good at the mediation thing. <laughs> I don't think I'd be good at it because I immediately take a, I don't immediately take a side, but like, you know, when somebody like, all right, you know, when they announce like a court case and they say the people of the state of California versus, and I'm like, and eh, they probably did it. <laughs> <laughs> depending they, on what the state like, is they, they shit they brought it to trial like they i mean they fucking have enough evidence like, clearly like the district attorney thinks they're gonna fucking get you for something like there's they're not bringing this for no reason and then sometimes you find out like oh yeah no they had a vendetta they're like they fucking brought this for what makes really little you know basically no sense and then you're like oh i guess i was wrong but yeah as soon as i i, I feel like as soon as i hear someone's the defendant i'm like uh eh. They probably did that. <laughs> like, I feel like you're already on the defensive because they're accusing you of doing something. It's like, shit, dude. Well, folks, we're going to talk to our guests now. Enjoy these conversations. Check back with us in the end so we can continue celebrating 
us. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, folks, we're here now with engineer and musician extraordinaire Richie Taver. Richie, welcome to the show. What a do. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing all right. Um, I think the seasonal depression is sort of setting in at the moment with uh, yes. quarantine kind of amplifying that. But all things considered, um, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And I I wanted to have Richie on the show today because, folks, as you know, it's our year celebration, one year of the Northeast scene, and this is a three man operation. The three people you hear speaking to you. Right now, I record it and edit it and handle all the social media. Tommy is pure talent. He just shows up, <laughs> <laughs> lays it down, and then walks away until the next one. And uh, Richie is our engineer. So, Richie, you have the pleasure of hearing our voices every week and mixing this thing down to perfection. How does it feel? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to. I do want to correct you though. Um, I I don't engineer it actually. I I just I just help you mix and fine tune everything for the for the final product. You're actually the engineer here, since you're so. Well, help since me understand up, the difference. What's engineering and what's mixing? So engineering is is I'd say kind of like a loose term in the audio and music field. Basically, anyone that sets up the gear to get ready for pre production for recording and and everything involved in that. I would say. Okay. So mixing is just adjusting the levels and all that stuff, and that's what you do for us. Yeah, technically, I, I, I'm, I'm your mixing engineer. You're, you're, you're the engineer here. <laughs> wow. So you hear that, Tommy? I'm an engineer. I actually was thinking about this. We should all just make, who do we relate to? Who is Richie in terms of 90s Stern? Oh, so I guess... Uh... He's not Gary. No. No, I guess he would be like Fred, even though Fred is not like, even though Fred doesn't mix the show per se, he's like the sound effects guy. I see Richie as Fred because he's like in the background and he knows a lot about sound. He's a musician, like that type of deal. There you go. I like it. Yeah. You get to be stern in this one. You know, I like that. I notice a lot of similarities. Uh, not the bad ones, only the good ones. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, Richie, welcome to the show. It's great to get to talk to you here now. It's a pleasure. I met Richie. I met Richie through Vadim Taver. The last name is not a coincidence. Vadim is Richie's brother. So I was recording an album back in 2018, and I was looking for somewhere to do it. And Vadim is like, hey, you know, my brother records. And I was like, I did not know that. So I hit up Richie, and uh, we recorded the album in September of 2018. Now, Richie... It's been that long, huh? It has been that long. Wow. It has been that long. It doesn't feel like that long, but but it has been. And, Richie, I have a wild imagination, and Tommy's going to laugh as I start to explain this, but here here's a story that I put together in my mind, and you tell me how much of it is true or not true. All right. So, we recorded the album, and I'm like... Super particular. So I came back with like a ton of edits uh, during the mixing process and the mastering process and, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And I feel like you got annoyed at me. Oh. <laughs> and then, and then like a year later, I was going to record more songs 
And you said you weren't working with that studio anymore so that, you know, you weren't doing that right now. So in my mind, I was like, oh, Richie doesn't like me. He's annoyed because I came back with so many edits. Like I was a pain in the ass to work with. And that's why he doesn't want to record with me again. Is any of that true? Oh, buddy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, if if any of that annoyance came out, I think it's just um, it's just part of the job. Like little tendencies that come out so that I can focus on doing what I do best and trying to internalize what the client wants in in a professional manner. So sometimes it you know it does come out just because of the nature of the job. But um no, no, I was I was never annoyed with you, I would say. All right, that's good to hear. And I was so pleasantly surprised when you hit me up and you're like, "Hey, you know, I see you're doing this podcast if you want some help mixing it, like, you know, I I can help." And I was like, "Oh, awesome. Yeah, let's do this." And you know what? I'm so glad that you are because that's the one piece I can't do myself. And, I mean, you complete the trifecta of the Northeast scene. Well, I'll show you my tricks if you want. <laughs> yeah, But then, I, then I'd be out of a job. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Rich, you don't talk yourself out of a salary here. Stop. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I am going to ask him for that at, at some point, but I'm going to pay him a fee for his time to show me the, the ropes. Honestly, it's it's all really, really straightforward. Um, I mean, I've been with you guys now... Uh, I mean, coming up on a year, I didn't start right away with you, right? Because this... No, you you came in on uh, episode seven with Josh Brigham of Hope's Fall, mm. also on today's show. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I have kind of a chain set up for myself, and I, I kind of just go through the check boxes and make sure that everything's uh, working the way that it's supposed to. And there's always adjustments that need to be made. But a lot of it is is um, is, is streamlined uh, for myself, which, which is very very helpful. Going through every episode, kind of jumping around and, and making sure nothing is too out of the norm. Right, and you know you've helped me too. Like I used to, I used to edit everything in one big track, which seems insane now. And you told me how to set up like individual tracks for everybody and kind of edit it that way, and that has really changed things for me. It's very important. Yeah. I can't even imagine doing it the old way anymore. Oh, and you know what's funny? That that first episode that we worked on together, it's one of the longest episodes, and I had to go back and edit the entire thing twice. I Oof. forget why, but it was like two and a half hours, and by the end of it, I just wanted to quit the show. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, editing something twice is a nightmare. Editing something once is a nightmare. The editing is the absolute worst part of this whole thing. Because I don't know, it just takes so long because I put so much effort into it. Mm -hmm. But when I'm finally done and I send the files off to you to be mixed, I have this amazing, happy feeling. And I'm like, this is all worth it. It's, it's a very accomplished feeling. I'm right there with you. How long does it take you to, to do an hour? Like if you're given an hour's worth of material, how long does it take to edit? It would probably take me two nights. Yeah. You know, it takes me probably... I can do like 45 minutes. The interviews are usually an hour and a half. I usually do half one night, half the other night, and that takes anywhere from like three to four hours because I do a little take a break, do a little take a break, you know. Mm -hmm. And I get tired of hearing myself. I mean, don't you? Yes. Get no. tired of hearing me, I mean. <laughs> I get tired of hearing myself. Right now, this is this is annoying. <laughs> yeah, dude. When we started this thing, editing the first few episodes was like, 
really weird. I, I it took me a while to get used to the sound of my voice, but uh, you know we're getting there. But folks, let's find out about Richie a little bit. Now, you grew up in Bucks County, yes? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how was it living with uh, Vadim? Was he like a big pain in the ass? Did you guys get along? Um. It wasn't living with Vadim. There wasn't much, much there. Um, so most people don't know. Uh, well, most people that do know that we're brothers know that there's kind of an age difference there. We're, yes. a, we're actually 11 years apart, which is which is pretty big for most siblings, I would say. Yeah. But for the majority of my childhood, he he wasn't really in the picture um, because he was in, in bands at that point and, and touring months on. And um, months off, you'd just be working and then the, the cycle would repeat itself. So, yeah, I mean, we definitely were uh, very friendly um, growing up with one another. There weren't really any fights um, with, you know, how two siblings would be considering that age difference. But the majority of the time, he, he was pretty much out of the picture. And then he moved when I was still going through, um, I want to say, like, middle school high school 2003 ah. or 4 okay. so by the point of where i'd potentially be a better friend with him he had already moved out to the to the west coast so from there it was just kind of like long distance relationships um flying out to him him flying out here and since then actually our our friendships actually gotten a lot stronger and and better and we're we're best of friends up until now, I just talked to him last night. We we played chess uh, for like a half hour, and he beat my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to play the demon chess, not at all. Yeah, I usually regret it, even when I say yeah. Can I <laughs> can I ask you guys something? This is one of those things that I've noticed about just from Richie. I don't know you personally. I've only met. I think I've only met you maybe two or three times, and it was through. Uh, when Vadim came home to visit for Christmas. Yeah, I feel like, like I met you at um, John Mariakis's house. It, that's exactly yes. what, yeah. it's exactly where it was. Yeah. Um, but it was really funny. I actually, it's so when Keith said, oh, we're having, uh, you know, Vadim's brother uh, mix all the stuff. Can you, do, like, you know, here's his Instagram. And I was like, oh, cool. How is it that both of you are like completely self-driven with learning? I, you're teaching yourself Japanese. <laughs> I saw that on Instagram and I was like, so they're both phenomenal. You guys are both really, really, really good guitar players. You're a multi-instrumentalist. Thank you. And you guys both take up hobbies that are like, most people are like, oh, my hobby is, you know, video games or my hobby is I like to sample beer or something like that. You guys pick very academic things or very uh, difficult things to kind of like occupy your time. Why? <laughs> just to fill the void buddy <laughs> but is it, it i always think about it like this like is it is it with something that when you were raised like you know like your mom was like no this is important school is important take your time with these things like is it oh no i was a piece of shit growing up i was a nightmare to my mom and bless her heart that we her and i still have a, a great relationship no i i was a i was a nightmare I didn't care about school. I actually didn't even um, pick up music again until until high school, um, way after Vadim had moved. Um, but I think now in my life, as far as that drive goes to continue learning, I feel that that's really the only source I have in my life that 
uh, feeds any sort of inspiration, any sort of creativity. So that that's kind of where I'm at. But I think a lot of that stems from my, my grandfather who passed away recently. Um, I'm not sure if Vadim's like ever talked to you guys about him, but oh, he, yeah. yeah, he, he was, a an accomplished scientist in, in the Soviet Union, accomplished metallurgist has like something like 20 plus patents under his name. Wow. All, all of these, um, all these manuscripts and these, uh, blueprints for different steel alloys that he invented that are currently being used. I think he's in the library of Congress too which is pretty nuts. So uh, a lot of that drive, I think innately, maybe on, on a DNA level too, comes from him. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. So Richie, give us some of your musical background, how you got into it, how you learn the various things that you do. Because I mean, you record, you play, you play guitar, you play piano, you do it all. <clears throat> well, yeah, like I had just mentioned, um, I played a little bit of violin when I was pretty young. My mom kind of forced me into it. Then I started doing drugs at an early age and thought that music was stupid. So <laughs> I stopped I stopped playing anything for for a while. Um how through, old were my you when you started doing drugs? I smoked weed for the first time when I was twelve, I think. Wow. Yeah, that's early. Yeah. I don't remember it's when I had my first real drink. life. <laughs> it was that uh yeah, yeah it was that Trevo's Feasterville that, life. Trevo's Feasterville life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I was just hanging out with the wrong kids and I was like, this is all dumb. Fuck this, fuck that. And yeah. really didn't, uh, care about, um, mu- much music of anything until, uh, Vadim was out of the picture. I was like, oh, this big shadow's out of the way. Now I can like do my own thing, which yeah. I wish I would have done earlier. Cause he had sold some guitars that like, I would have loved to have at this point. <laughs> yeah, he had he had like this um this teal Gibson SG that I would have loved to have right now. And he was like, oh no, I sold that when I moved. And I was like, man, if I did that a couple years earlier, would have yeah. been mine. But anyway, so I picked up uh, guitar early in in high school and just fell in love with it and just practicing hours and hours a day until I I got tendonitis <laughs> in <laughs> in my in my left wrist. I had to get. Uh, physical therapy for that, which thankfully it's, it hasn't shown up again since then. And yeah, I took all these, I started taking all these music classes in my senior year. And from there went off to uh, Bucks County Community College for their music program, which oddly enough, their music program's uh, pretty acclaimed as far as music studies go in America. They they have teachers there from like Juilliard and, and these doctors at this random community college in some po podunk uh, suburb you know <laughs> yeah so i learned a lot there um started uh learning piano there and a few other instruments and started joining bands um like little like rock bands that I, I started that didn't go anywhere some jazz bands started playing with uh, uh my buddy rob who i think you guys had mentioned on this show before Oh, is that um, Rob Devious, the shed guy? The shed guy. I was just hanging out with him this past weekend. Yeah, he oh, we're nice. we're really good friends. Um, yeah. So I, I had started playing with him in like a neo soul R and B sort of hip hop group, backing up a, a, a singer, and um, in another band backing up a, a hip hop artist. And we had we had did done that for uh, a few years. Then um, just got a few other calls here and there for various bands i was just recently in like an alt alt rock group more or less playing bass 
Oh, what was the name of that group again? Uh, it was called Tiny Human, but we disbanded. I don't know. If oh, so the whole band's done? I don't know if that's public, but now it is. We, yeah, we broke up right before the oh. pandemic hit. What happened? I, um, for lack of a better words, things just weren't working out. Understood. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. So that, that had finished and now I'm just kind of doing my own thing, just focusing on whatever I can while we're all inside. <laughs> you know, it must be great. Any kind of project you want to do, you can just sit down and do it. Like hip hop alt-country sounding stuff, rock, whatever you want to do. You have the know-how, you have the tools, you can sit down and do it. I I want to get to that point at some point. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm still learning. There's a lot that I, I miss the, the mark on, but I, I try every day. Yeah, it's funny that you say like, oh, I wish I would have gotten into it younger. I'm like, dude, he's like 11 years younger than us. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had also asked about, uh, Tommy, how I got into recording and stuff. That was sort of uh, by chance. So going back, I had mentioned I was playing in a neo-soul sort of hip-hop backing band. About a year into being with this group already, they decided to have tryouts again for some reason for like a touring band. And they're like, hey, we need you to try out. And I was like, the fuck do you mean? Like, I've, I've been with you guys. I'm in the band. Why would I'm in the band? <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, yeah, you just have to do it. The management wants it. I was like, okay, whatever. So they're like, go to this location, this address, this time, this night. Uh, somewhere near LaSalle out in Germantown. Showed up. It was at this really, really cool studio. Did my part. Obviously got it because I, I knew what I was playing at that point. I had all my little quirks that I was adding up until that point anyways. But I uh, got to talking to one of the engineers that was there, and I was like, hey, like, I'm really interested in all of this stuff. Do you guys need an intern or like an assistant? And he's like, yeah, you got a car? He's like, yeah, I got a car. He's like, all right, yeah, hit me up in a, in a month. So I did. And uh, from there, that sort of all unfolded on itself. I was going in there daily with these uh, three dudes from, from Drexel, and they were basically teaching me and, and showing me everything at a, a college level without having to worry about a thing it was wow. uh, yeah it was pretty like serendipitous that all happened that all happened because now that's or well maybe not now but for the past few years that was like my main main source of income yeah so tell us let's pretend that the uh covid crisis hasn't been going on for a year what kind of jobs were you working in music and where I was uh, full-time doing live sound, live entertainment industry, working at venues, working for different live events companies, like staging companies, audio companies, doing conferences, big conferences, small conferences, live shows, big rock shows, whatever, you name it. So I would have been continuing with that if it weren't for this god-awful pandemic. Yeah. So yeah. how do you get the gigs? Do people just know you and they'll call you and say like, hey, we need you for this thing? No, it was a lot of action on my part and going out and reaching out to people and seeing what the deal was because I didn't even realize that that was an option when I first started in a studio. I was like, one of the, one of the guys there uh, had a side gig doing doing staging and, and audio and I was like, whoa, you can do money doing that too? Like, how do I get in? And he wouldn't tell me. He's like, oh, no, nah, like, I don't know if they're looking for anyone. <laughs> And about a month later after that, this is like, I want to say 2015, 16, maybe, 
um, a month after he had told me that. I was, funny enough, I was hanging out with our, our mutual friend John and was telling him, I think we went to like a comic convention or something. And I was telling him that I, w- I was interested in doing this. I don't know how to do it. And he's like, oh, one of my, one of my good friends like, works for this company. I'll give you his, his name and his number. And hit that guy up. And he got me out to this brewery out in Bristol, uh, Broken Goblet, I think, for some event that they were doing. Uh, for some reason, like Hawthorne Heights was the headliner. It was like a free show. So like my first job was like working for Hawthorne Heights, which was funny enough. But the funniest thing was that that guy... Uh, he he was the head engineer for this company that one of the engineers that I was talking to at that studio w- is working for, and he wouldn't tell me what the company was. So then I'm like, I get in with with the boss, and I'm out on a on a job site, and like we run into one another, and he's like, oh, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I work for this company now. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, you wouldn't tell me what was going on, so I found out for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so from there. It, it was yeah. From there, it was just me reaching out to whoever I could in different venues, seeing what people I knew were working where, and really just kind of like weaseling my way into any place that I could, and, and it kind of worked out because uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of spread around pretty well. Yeah, isn't it weird that people are like actively trying to keep you out? Yeah, sometimes it's it's pretty weird. I, I, it takes me takes me a, a second to realize that that's actually what's going on. Yeah, it's like with this podcast, people, I've offered my help to get people set up kind of what I'm doing, and I've actually done it for, I think, one person. But it's funny, like the way the human brain works, or mine at least. Like at first I was like, oh no, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm going to hold on to these valuable secrets. But then I was like, asshole, like when you started doing this thing remotely, you called someone and asked for help and they helped you. You do the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's the way it should go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually pretty bummed because uh, I I was working outside of City Hall um, for yeah. a few seasons, a, a couple seasons at that point in the summer and fall and a little bit of winter through like Live Nation. I was kind of like my my own guy. It was a one man job setting up all of their events, coordinating with with bands or entertainers. So it was a a big mix of not only front of house sound, but production management and stage management kind of all in one. And it was cushy. It was really, really nice. And I had just re-signed my contract for this past year with like a substantial raise. And then it all went belly up and I haven't heard from them since. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, if any live music comes back, that'll be the one that comes back because it's outside. That's true. Yeah. But my intentions now do not lie with live audio, unfortunately. I don't think I'm going to continue with it. Oh, so what's the plan? You really want to know? Yeah. Yeah. I actually reapplied to school recently. Oh, shit. Tavers in the house. That's what y'all do. And you know what schooling that, that's for? You want to guess? That? You want to take a wild guess? Uh, chess? Nope. Mathematics? Nope. Well, it's involved. Uh, I actually reapplied for school to become a watchmaker. Get the fuck out of... Yo, horologist, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Fucking A, dude. Yo, uh, Richie, have you ever heard that thing about that there's like an eight-part um thing called shit town it's a podcast and it's all about this guy who is like one of these like uh, like world-renowned horologists and he lived in this like tiny little shit town down south no but i'm i'm in 
You have to. It's really good. It's, it's re- really good. He's one of these people that's like, um, he he possibly is like on the spectrum. Like he kind of like can't keep a thought. Really, he kind of goes all over the place when he talks. But there's a really kind of short anecdote by one of the guys who was like, "Yeah, I flew in with this clock that was from the 15th century, and I said this part wasn't working." And sure enough, John just took out a sheet piece of sheet metal and from memory recreated the piece that he needed, popped it in, and it worked. Bullshit. And he had been he had been to world renowned clockmakers around the world that could not reproduce it and could not make it. And this guy was like didn't even look in a book, was like, Oh yeah, I know that piece and made it. Yeah, he was like a savant. Yeah, I could yeah. I could definitely see you doing that, Richie, because you're like ultra focused. It must be like a family trait, like Tommy was saying. Are you are you calling me a savant? <laughs> yeah. that's kind of, that's I think kind of, you're a savant. I think that's messed up. <laughs> No, isn't that isn't a savant a good thing? I don't know. I, Usually, I thought that I thought that just means like you're particularly good at something. Am I, think I wrong? That means you're like super off in every regard, other than that one thing that you do. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, because the the original term, I think they've dropped it now, but it used to be called idiot savant. Yeah, I thought savant just meant like I'm definitely you're really an idiot. good at that one thing. I'm definitely an idiot. So. <laughs> Well, well, me. Like, I don't think I don't think Richie is bad at everything except one thing. Let me back up. I think Richie is super talented and intelligent, and I could see him doing this watch thing and being ultra focused and very good at it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just had my last set of interviews, and let me tell you, it did not go well. <laughs> no. Why? What happened? Well, it, it's a very long process. So the school that I had applied for. Um, is out in Lancaster County yeah. and it's considered one of the like the best school in America oddly enough and it's in Amish country. Ah. So the whole interview process, the whole application process is something like five or six steps. Like first you have to write out like an entire like 10 part of all these questions that they ask like why are you into this? Why do you want to do this? What do you see yourself doing in 10 years with this? so on and so forth. After that, someone reached out to me, an administrator reached out to me for um, uh, a a video interview. It would be an in-person interview, but it was a video interview because of the pandemic. That went as well as it could have. I think her exact words were that she was willing to pass me on to the next set. (laughs) Oh, man. And uh, the next set was an aptitude test. It was, um, I was able to talk to someone in, in, in the industry about what to expect. And they were like, it's basically a military grade aptitude test. So like go and study a military grade aptitude test on online somewhere. And I was like, shit. All right, I'll do that. So I was trying to do that for a little bit. The aptitude test went as all right as it could have considering that I haven't taken a math class or any sort of physics class or anything like that in 10, 10 years at this point. So there was definitely a lot there that I missed the mark on, but there was one cool part, which was all like logical puzzles. So for example, there, like if you were given all these sets of matches that when combined make four boxes and then you have to move three matches to make three boxes, that sort of thing. Or if you get, you're given like a triangle of, uh, of all these pennies you got to move a few pennies around so that the triangle is facing the other direction. So that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. It's not only that logical reasoning. They try to do that. The, 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 your spatial sense as well. Like yeah. how can you think through a problem? Cause it's not just the, uh, you know, can you think through a problem? Cause like the LSATs test that stuff where they're okay. like, you know, uh, 
if you have one mauve dinosaur and four green, di- like, you know, like, and then they say, what's an acceptable order to put the dinosaurs in if it was based on this? And then they give you eight choices to choose from. But like, yeah, that spatial stuff. I always think about that's not something I know you can learn it if you really tried, but that seems like something that's innate. Like you either have it or you don't. I'm yeah, sure you can hone it and refine it, but like, it seems like. I see those puzzles a lot that come up in like um, for some reason I was on a tear for a while with YouTube with uh, Google interview questions. Cause you know, I'm going to, you know, Google, I'm going to go interview at Google someday, but um, <laughs> they, they had all these <laughs> questions that they typically ask at interviews and for their, you know, engineers and, you know, like beyond the, like just basic computer programming stuff. And, it was just logical processes like, you know, uh, almost remember that old problem. Like there's two islands and you have one boat, you, how many, you know, there's like monkeys, bananas, and then something else. And how can you get them across without, you know, you can't have the monkey on the boat with the bananas. You can't have the bananas on the boat with the, like, it's all these things you have to think through all the different scenarios and find the only right one that works. I always find those are like fascinating, but I don't know how to do them. I just look at them and go, okay, I memorized that. So if somebody ever asked me before, <laughs> again, I'll, I'll seem really smart because I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I definitely did good on that portion of the test. Everything else was trash, <laughs> <laughs> but so that was, that wasn't even the last one. The last set of interviews was, uh, what would have been an in-person invitation to the campus. So you can get a tour and do kind of like a physical test where you bend wires into a certain shape or whatever. They had to do everything through video as well. So they told us to uh, research a couple different pieces of machinery so that we could have quote and like an intelligent conversation about them. And I did my best. You know, I only had a, a week's worth of time to do that when they told us what was going on. I gave myself one night because of work and other things. Oh man, I bombed it. That was that was rough. I could <laughs> I could they yeah, I could name I could name parts of like the things that they were uh, asking me to describe, but I I wasn't able to like convince them why all those parts worked in tandem with one another and the physics behind all those parts. So That's at the end yeah, at one point I was I was taking so long with answering cuz I was just looking at the thing and I was thinking like how how can I say what these people want to hear? And the guy called me out. He was like, "What what are you doing right now? Are you on Google? Are you like re- <laughs> are you looking this up? Are you reading something? Or are you like right here?" I was like, "No, nah, man, I'm like right with you." <laughs> wow. Oh man. I always yeah. think about. Uh, did you ever see? I, this was a long time ago, but they did a thing about um, IIT. And it's uh, the Indian Institute of Technology. And it's like the most selective university. And it's more selective, like 10 times more selective than Harvard and Yale. Um, And because they have such a huge applicant base and their engineering program is like the most sought after program in the world. And the thing is, is their first year, you don't touch a computer. You do obviously a lot of calculations and math and stuff like that, but you don't have a calculator. And the course that everybody's the most afraid of is fabrication. And they give you um, a, uh, you know, the schematics of this uh, piece of, I don't know if it's steel or iron, but um, you have to shape it exactly to that, to their specifications. You have a short period of time to do it. And essentially all you have is a file and calipers. And uh, every, when I watched it, I was like, 
oh my god, I would be so dead in this. <laughs> There's no way I'd make it through any of this. Yeah, the, this school's acceptance rate, the the lit it's watch technicum, it's like a Rolex school. So the entire thing is is free. The tuition's free. You just got to show up. But be, because of that, their acceptance rate is something like 16 people a year. But because of the pandemic, they have that. So they're still having it in person classes. And now it's eight people, you know? I'm, oh, I've, I'm pretty sure I'm on the chopping block. I don't think I'm going to get in. Like the, the kids that were in my group that were getting interviewed, like they were kids, they were fresh out of high school. Like their ability to re- retain memory was just that. They probably like just learned half that shit. So we'll see. I, I, I don't, can you reapply? You can, but I don't think I'm, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year from now. I'll be like, no, this is cool. <laughs> You'll be celebrating the second year anniversary of the Northeast Scene podcast with us. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so before we conclude, Richie, uh, anything you want to plug? Come on, you got some bands out there. You still doing any consulting or anything? Should probably plug my computer in. Um, <laughs> uh, I just put out a single. I'm working on a little EP, so I'll plug that. It's like more or less folk pop. If anyone's into that, how do we find it? It's on every streaming platform right now. Um, on Spotify. Bandcamp, the iTunes one, whatever that one is, Apple Music. And what do we search to find it? Uh, Richie Taver. Just my first name. Just your name. Okay. Yeah. And uh, find Richie's Instagram page through our followers. His uh, username is Thick Cheney, which is the hilarious username, by the way. With two Cs. Yeah, I think my favorite. But there's a lot of underscores and stuff in there. But just just search that and you'll find him and you'll find the music. And are are you still doing any like uh, podcast engineering for people or taking on new clients or anything like that? All the time, yeah. I'm still working on, on a couple, on a couple now. If you're interested in some audio help, track Richie down. We're going to tag him when this episode goes up again, and maybe he can help you out. You guys can work something out. So, Richie, uh, I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. I'm glad we get to work together every week, and we're going to keep doing this thing. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. This is uh, a pleasure. I'm excited that this happened finally. Absolutely. Tommy? I don't know. I'm still fascinated by the watch thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm so stuck on that. And it's all, I, I, keep, I, I keep going back to... Uh, Cause it's like, hit the napalm death thing now. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about like, a, cause it's Yo, like, that's it, my favorite. That's just fascinating. Like micro mechanics, like the chronograph, the, the idea that like, <laughs> no, but the, the idea that you can manufacture something so unbelievably intricate and so like detailed and and then make it function is awesome. I'm just going to power through it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's never not going to be funny. <laughs> Thanks, Richie. All right, folks, we're here now with Michael Shaw. Michael, welcome back to the show. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for again for having me here. And happy anniversary. Happy one year anniversary to the Northeast scene. Yeah, you know, it's excellent to be doing this show for a year now, and it's excellent to have you back on the show. Mike has the honor of being one of our two in-person interviews, and now we are here again one year later. Wow. How does it feel, Mike? You only did two ever? Two live interviews ever? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, and you were one of them. The same day. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted, before we get into it, just wanted to say how proud I am and 
really admire what you guys have built with uh, the Northeast scene. This is really something special, uh, especially over the quarantine. Had We all have had dark times, and there were a few darker days. I was really in the trenches, and I would turn on one of your episodes and then just take a walk, go for maybe like a 40-minute hour walk, and would really rejuvenate my spirit and just like kept me like, motivated inspired made me feel connected so thanks for building this like vehicle uh that you guys have here absolutely man and thank you you know that's exactly what i envisioned for this show because in my darkest days when i didn't have any friends or anybody to talk to you know people on podcasts and radio shows were my friends and that's what i listened to to bring me comfort and i still do sometimes yeah and just you two as hosts like just such good chemistry you've developed. It's only been a year and your characters like us as audience members, like really are interested in hearing like what's going on in your life. And then, you know, the segue into the guests, it's, it's just really cool, man. I'm happy to hear that. Cause my biggest fear is that uh, nobody gives a shit about anything I'm saying. No, no, we're hooked. <laughs> we seriously, we are hooked. Me and Golden talk about it all the time. Oh, good. Well, you know, Mike, you had an integral part in this show, too, because the podcast I was inspired by, they just kind of recorded it and threw it right up on on the Internet. And I was going to do the same thing because I'm lazy. And, you know, I was like, (laughs) well, they're doing it. So but you're like, no, man, you got to edit it. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, you got to, like, go through and edit the whole thing. And I was like, oh, man. And you know what? (laughs) It's the most annoying part of this whole thing. But it's like such a crucial part yeah editing is kind of fun though you know i mean well kind for my podcast it's only 15 20 minutes so like uh it's i'm sure it's a lot more tedious when it's a two-hour episode or so oh god yeah like it's it takes forever but you know what it's part of the deal you got to do it to put out quality products such as the northeast scene and some of the guests that you've been getting it's just so cool man and like Jim Ward episode, uh, you know, he was talking about coronavirus and how it was outbreaking then. And like two days later, I was watching on the news um, all about El Paso, Texas, and how coronavirus was just un- unmanageable there. And I had this like glimpse through Jim's episode of like what was going on and to see it on the news was really wild. And then, uh, like Kenny's episode, uh, I had never really gotten into the starting line. And right after his episode, I just dove into their discography and was like, man, this band's awesome. Like, it's so crazy. And then Anthony's episode, uh, like right after that, I just started singing again. And that was, you know, earlier this year in January. And you guys, like, I like attribute this show and you get what you guys are doing to like me finding my voice again. So thanks so much for the inspiration. Really do. Well, I'm getting like emotional hearing that because I looked up to you (laughs) and this day forward as like older brothers and, you know, musical inspiration. And to hear that we're doing that in some sense now with you listening to what we're doing and then singing again is like, uh, wow, my mind is blown. Because seriously, I had like given up singing. I hadn't like, I was barely talking to anybody. Like it was kind of like WandaVision or Pleasantville where everything is black and white. And then 
literally I listened to his episode and then after right after that I was like, oh, I want to sing something. So I put on uh, the strokes, uh that song Someday. You know, yeah. like the in many ways we'll miss the good old days. And sung that whole song and then it just like snowballed from there and suddenly everything was starting to like get color again. You know, it's just so, so wild. So just wanted to share that with you guys, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, yeah. Anthony said it in uh in his episode. He's like, we can get someone to lay down some beats. Mike can sing over that shit. That's what you should be doing. Yeah, I just recorded um last week. I recorded five new songs. I sent you one, one of them like the the little part of the Taken song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny cuz Keith, I you were at the show, the Taken uh, reunion show. And yeah, I had just come up with the part like the day before and I sung it for you at the show. I was like, ah, oh, do you think I should maybe do this like during their set? And you're like, yeah, go for it. Do it. <laughs> See, I thought you worked that out with them ahead of time. No, no. Like <laughs> I, I, I showed you first, like at the Barbary and yeah. you said like, yo, that's a good part. Like once I got your okay, then, uh, I showed Ray and I sung it for him outside. And he's like, yo, yeah, if you want to come up, like grab the mic during that part, by all means. But they didn't have like a mic stand. So I would have had to like jump on stage and wrestled the microphone away from Ray. And it was just <laughs> kind of an awkward dynamic. Yeah. You know, that was uh, the the thing you did over that song was really good. I thought it was really awesome. Can we post Thanks. that? Yeah, definitely. That'd be so sick. All right. And we're going to post that. Yeah, and then I recorded some vocals over one of Colin's uh, Psychic Babble songs. And then oh, nice. I, then I did three original songs. And I didn't send you those. I'm not sure if you'll be into them, but um, yeah, maybe I'll share them like this week or so. Yeah, man, send them through. I want to hear anything you're doing. Have you ever thought about getting involved with another band again? Oh, I haven't thought about it. Um, I would love to finish uh, that last band I was in, Colors. I would just love to finish that record. That would be yeah. um, that'd be ideal for sure. But um, I mean, you guys posted that episode. I started singing again, and now I just recorded like five new things. So who knows where this will go? Yeah, you know, this podcast opens doors. Uh, record executives are going to be knocking down your door, <laughs> trying to sign you to lucrative deals. After we get the word out, you know? <laughs> Yo, that Taken reunion show, listeners, if you've never heard the band Taken, uh, their EP from a couple years ago is amazing. Highly recommend. Very good melodic, um, hardcore, screamo core. And um, you and I were at that show one month after we saw 108 reunion. Uh, that was November of 2019, was it? Yes. Yeah, dude. You're you know, Taken, I for some reason I didn't I saw them back in the day, but I never listened to them on disc or anything like that. But I went and checked them out after that reunion show we went to back yeah. in 2019. They're so good. Seriously, so good. Like they they are so good. And for that show, um I I studied because um for the 108 show, like remember how in when Chai Halud was coming around or Wonking Down or a hardcore band, you would ha like listen to the CD over and over so you would know all the words. 
to sing along. Yeah. You would have to study, you know, it was an important part of like the hardcore culture. Yes. And the 108 show, I, I was like, ah, I'll, I'll listen to threefold misery on the, the bus ride up and bus ride up. I wound up falling asleep. And then of course the singer, Rob fish after the last song, he's just like, he's done. He's like winded. He's out of breath. And they're waiting for like 10 minutes to play killer of the soul. And if I had studied, I, I was like inching up forward. And the only reason I hadn't like jumped on stage to like scream that song was because I just didn't run through it. Uh, on the bus ride up. I was like kicking myself for that. Cause I, I really should have sung that song with them, you know? Yeah. That's literally, <laughs> that's literally what I dream about when I walk into a hardcore show, like yeah. singer is gone. We need you to step up and to take the spotlight. And I didn't study either. I would have, I would have blown the intro. Cause there's like, they do the intro, but then they do another full round of it. Uh-huh. And then the vocals yeah. come in. That would have yep. got me. Same here. Yep. Yeah. We're going to get it next time. It was just 10 minutes and eight seconds uh, when we were just talking about 108, by the way. No. So <laughs> cool. Holy shit. Signs. <laughs> Yo, I have an idea. 108 plays a show again, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, we leave a trail of breadcrumbs from the stage, like, out back, and Rob Fish follows it, and we have two guys grab them <laughs> so, that the, so that the last two songs are open again. What do you think? Yeah, and we have to study. Oh, we're going to study. (laughs) I think this sounds like kidnapping. Uh, Yeah, we're okay. We're not going to kidnap Rob Fish. We will wait for our next opportunity to take the stage at a hardcore show. Speaking of, Michael, you were vocalist for acclaimed hardcore slash post-hardcore band This Day Forward. Any news on the reunion front? Now, I know that there's not a music industry anymore, but let's say there was. Like, are we any closer? Has there been any conversations? Something that had has happened. Last time I was on the Northeast scene, we uh, we were trying to manifest a Equal Vision Records Fest, EVR Fest, where you know you would have Saves a Day and Circa headline one night. You would have Alexis on Fire, Refused, This Day Forward another night. You would have Converge and Coheed the final night. It was like a couple months after my episode, I wound up hearing from one of our close friends at Equal Vision. He would reached out to me like, hey, Mike Shaw, you know, just wondering how you're doing, checking in on you. And uh, and I just I had listened to your episode on the Northeast scene and you were talking about Equal Vision Fest. And I got to tell you, I once all this uh, coronavirus and the quarantine settles down i absolutely love the idea and would love to make that happen so oh shit yeah it's begun the seed has germinated into <laughs> a, <laughs> into some roots look at that do you think we can get points on that fest oh yeah of course i was just thinking you guys have such a like a solid year like what a like probably far exceeded any sort of expectations you've had for the show and now this next year coming up like i just can't wait to see what happens whether it's like a northeast scene fest or just a show or like a hangout and yeah i don't know it just got me um my brain thinking about you guys and and hopefully this day forward is going to be tangled it up in uh whatever happens with the northeast scene i hope so you know we do we definitely want to do a show and I would love for this day forward to be a part of that. So 
what if you i have an idea mike what if you got too tired to sing uh end of august Mm -hmm. and i i came up and did it for you done you're in all right all right (laughs) (laughs) see i'm the deal maker that's what i do on this show yeah and i feel like it would be uh special because i've been to some reunions uh where it was kind of a miss like i saw i saw refused open for deftones and it was this big like outdoor amphitheater and you know i was stoked for both bands but more like refused they were so nostalgic and it just it just was pretty lackluster whereas like 108 was awesome and then there was one one king down at uh at uh this is hardcore like the first song was amazing and i was just like this is so cool and the second song was like oh this is pretty cool by like the third song i was kind of over it Ah, (laughs) i feel bad saying that but and i didn't study for that i only like they the song they open with like i have that in green the i'm so fed up with the lies more hate than fear i still listen to till this day like the lyrics are so they sound so important yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's just like so urgent and so like like yeah. you you feel you have to call up the arms of Straight Edge or something. What other uh, reunion shows have you guys been to? Did you make it to the uh, Sunny Day Real Estate? Yeah, that that was in two thousand eight, right? They were like the first ones to reunite. They were the first ones to start the whole emo thing. Then the first ones to reunite, and everybody else followed. No, nah, man, Texas is the reason. Was two thousand six? Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, you know what? At the Sunny Day Real Estate Reunion, I showed up really drunk, and then I left. Uh, I don't remember any of the show. And then I went to a bar, and the last thing I remember at the bar is they opened a 12-pack of Miller High Lifes and popped the top off of every one of them and like pushed it across the bar. And then I woke up in an alley behind the bar, and someone had punched me out. Dang. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember any of the Sunny Day gigs, sadly. Dang, that sucks. How was how was uh, Texas is the Reason? How was that show? Uh, I don't remember any of the Texas is the Reason show either. Damn. But I, I did get to see them many times in 2012 and 13, and they were great. Nice. Yeah. I basically don't remember anything that happened before 2017, you know? Yeah. Quicksand at uh, Revelation Records, the 25-year... Uh, fest out out in california quicksand was so insane dude they were so good i'd like chills awesome awesome band yeah i don't remember their first reunion either but i did see them again in 2017 and that was awesome where's tommy at what what about you some of the reunions you've seen none None. (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know i don't think i I mean, I go every time All Else Fails reunites. And yeah, dude. All else, all else anytime fails. All Else Failed comes out and they, you know, decide they're going to play again, I show up and go apeshit. Oh, nice. yeah. But no, I don't go to anything. I mean, I Are go there to this. Are there you, re- you regret that you missed or anything? All of the ones you just named, especially, <laughs> quick, especially Quicksand and Texas is the reason. Nice. Yeah. Because, well, Quicksand was like the first band for me that really got me into like, heavier music whoa that that was they were your gateway that was my kind of like my older sister was into she went to kutztown and she was friends with a bunch of kids that were in a straight edge band called atari and yeah yeah i remember them i went to go see them when i was in i guess sixth or seventh grade and i was like 
oh, I'm going to go mommy. My, you know, my mom gave me money to go buy stuff. And I, I went and bought uh, a quicksand. Uh, the Remember the EP with John Kennedy's head on it, the self-titled one? Yeah. Like, yep. With the Apple. That one. I, I bought that. And my sister, I don't think she gave it to me. Like I borrowed it from her for a while, though. But she gave me slip when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And you were done. Done yeah. for. Yeah, <laughs> that's John Kennedy's head on that record cover. Isn't that what it is? I'm almost. Pumped. I don't know. Um, I kn- if it is, I never knew that. What were you listening to? Uh, what were you listening to before that? Uh, whatever my sister was into. So my sister was really big into like it's heavier music, but like not like super duper crazy heavy. Um, yeah. so like I like you know the one thing she kind of threw me into, and I was like I I kind of went with it on my own was uh she was into a band called Ministry. Uh, the, you know, the kind of like industrial heavy kind of like metal mixed with industrial stuff. Yeah, I remember and that. Yeah. So I listened to that for a while. Um, and that's kind of my trajectory of getting into heavier and heavier music. Uh, and then I, I had a friend at school, uh, this kid, Chris gave me, um, Pantera, uh, the Cowboys from hell. And I remember being like, I like this. I really Dang. like this. Yeah. Sixth grade. Uh, that was, yeah, probably sixth or seventh grade. I got that. That's and, wild. I have like a nephew ev- in, in that age. I can't picture him listening to Pantera. Well, everybody was into, like, everybody was into Nirvana. It was like, it, it was. If Nir- you listen to Pantera, doesn't that kind of guarantee your life is going to end up being fucked up? <laughs> I I will say this, like, diehard, diehard Pantera fans, usually things aren't you're never like let's just put it this way i've never walked into a job interview and the guy's like hey what are your thoughts on you know 101 live like what (laughs) (laughs) those people that are into pantera it tends to trend towards like you know everyday drudgery of having a shitty job and eating a lot of pills good times yeah i I used to do that (laughs) both of those things we i think we all did those things for a little while (laughs) So, Mike, tell us yeah. how you're faring in COVID times. What are you doing? How do you pass the time? How are you supporting yourself financially? Oh, lately, um, the singing thing, man, every day. It's so sick. It's crazy. Like, all these uh, well-being things like um, exercising, dieting, yoga, meditating. I feel like singing for tw- at least 20 minutes a day is just so much better for me, my personal like well-being and like mind state than any of those other things. The reason I stopped singing is just like, I felt like my voice wasn't going to be used or like I started getting self-conscious about even my speaking voice, like on the podcast. And then I forgot that just the actual act of singing just makes me feel like kind of a kid again. And it's so important to have a sense of play, like interwoven in your your daily routine or daily life, especially like, I guess my, um, I've been kind of surviving through poker, you know, for a, a year now. And um, it can be quite, mm-hmm. quite a grind, like very taxing mentally, like long hours of concentrating. So starting to sing now is just adding the such a nice uh, balance um, to like the levity of, of uh, playing a, such a cutthroat game for a living, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I I played poker once, and like someone got really mad at me because I didn't know how to play, and and then another time I didn't know what I was doing, and I went to pick up the cards to like to look at something, and someone like grabbed my hand and like squeezed it so i dropped the cards and then there was almost like a whole incident so i guess poker's not the game for me but i'm glad you can support yourself with it and you know that's what yeah poker and gambling and all that stuff is like it is a grind it sounds like a grind so it's good to have that balance of the the singing and the you know it's like the the yin and the yang yeah it is a beautiful game i do love the game very much and it parallels uh the hardcore scene like or just you know, the DIY scene so much. Like the first time I was out at the World Series of Poker in 2013, it felt like being at like Hellfest or This Is Hardcore. There's just like a sense of community and camaraderie and all these people traveling from like Australia, China, Italy, all sitting at my table and we're all just like staring at a, you know, clay chips and a deck of cards and like the magic that unfolds through this like strange game. It's very, very fascinating. So when you, you know, how these surprise travel things you do where you'll just pick up and just go to the world series of poker or randomly show up to a circus survive show in Colorado and that type of thing. How do you, how do you decide to do it? Is it just on a whim? Like you're sitting there and then you're like, I'm going to go to Vegas. On a, a couple years ago, I, I had Valentine's day off and the day after, and yeah, I'd, I've been single for many years. I was like, ah, I've never celebrated Valentine's Day. And then I saw like Circa was playing in Denver on a uh, 214. And I was like, ah, just just wonder like how much like a round trip flight to, to Denver is. And on through Expedia after taxes and everything, it was like 129 round wow. trip. And I instantly I was like, I'm not even going to like overthink this. Like I'm just going to go out there um, for, for two days, go see Circa. And then there was a a basketball game like the night after. And it's funny. I didn't even tell the Circa dudes that I was, uh, I was going. So the day of like I landed and I was in an Uber on the way to the uh, venue and I passed this sandwich place called Chiba Hut. It was all like, it was like a subway but the sandwiches were all like marijuana themed, like little nug, like really corny spot. (laughs) So I took a picture of that and I sent it to Colin and Brendan. I was like, yo dudes, uh, want to grab lunch today? And (laughs) they were like, you're here. Like what the heck? They were like, they were like, we, we saw that place. We were planning to go there for lunch. That's so funny. I love this spontaneity because I I'm so controlled and everything has to be scheduled to the absolute minute. I would never do anything like that in a million years. Yeah. And the weirdest thing is Circa does first off, if listeners, if you've never heard of Patreon, you should definitely sign up for Patreon and support a lot of your favorite bands like Circa survive on there. They have a lot, a lot of great content. Um, just a great way to stay in touch with your some of your favorite artists. So little plug there. Um, but Circa, they would do a Q and A and like a, a few uh, in like acoustic songs before every show. And the Q and A was forty five minutes. And the very last question at in Denver was some guy asked. He was like, "Hey, this is for Colin and Brendan. 
Um, how much different is it touring in Circus Survive than it was touring in This Day Forward? And Colin was like, well, it's funny you ask because our singer uh, the, from This Day Forward is actually here tonight, randomly from PA. And he like wow. to me and I did a little bow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So with our last few minutes here, Mike, where, where, what can we plug? Where can we find you? So you got Kinder Things podcast, right? That's still going strong. Yeah, and um, we recorded a few episodes with video, and they're shot at different parks throughout Philadelphia. Those are going to start airing probably next week, I think. Awesome. Yeah, so check out Kinder Things Podcast, or you can follow me at Orion Guide if you feel inclined. Yeah, so that's at Kinder Things Podcast or at Orion Guide. Find Mike <laughs> and harass him. Tell him to get this This Day Forward reunion going because we're all waiting. Yeah, we also had another special anniversary a few days ago. Uh, it was Gary Shaw's birthday two days ago. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Happy birthday, Gary. That is Gary Shaw, beloved brother of Michael Shaw and, and bass of, player for this day forward. Yeah. I loved your segment, the check-in on Gary. You should do that more often. What show? I want to make that a regular segment where we just you call should. Gary and just like talk to him for a, for a quick few minutes about something and yeah. then he, he disappears into the sunset. I was going to suggest we call him today because he got a new dishwasher and a Peloton and it must be mayhem out over there. <laughs> well, I would love to talk to him about those things, but we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Mike, I just want to say thanks for coming on the show again you're one of my best friends and you have been for a long time. And, you know, I just really appreciate you and your friendship. Thanks so much, man. Really love you guys. Love you. Love what you guys are doing and uh, continue building this community. It is really beautiful space you have here and honored, honored, beyond honored to uh, be a part of it. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I always love seeing you at things. It's just like, just like old times, like as soon as I see you, it's like, hey, how you doing? Like it's an immediate like, oh, yeah, like Mike's here. I'm OK, because I know I've sh showed up to things before and been like, I don't really know anybody here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the way we all laugh and joke when we get together, it's like it's like we're 16 again. I don't have that with anybody else except you guys. And I think that's an awesome thing. All right, folks. So we're here now once again with our friend Josh Brigham of hopes fall josh welcome back to the show it's great to be back dudes i like talking with you guys it's always fun <laughs> i'm glad because if you hated talking to us but you still kept doing it it would be really weird <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> you know uh we wanted to have you back uh, it's our year anniversary show can you believe it i didn't realize it. it's been a whole year yeah and you know, we're doing like a family-oriented thing. We had our engineer on. We had Mike Shaw of This Day Forward on. He was our very first guest. And now we're having you, one, because we like you, and two, you know, you were the first guest we had, like, outside of our immediate friend circle. Like, I talked to Vadim. I was like, yeah, I would love to have Josh on. And he's like, boom, here's his number. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo. And you know what? The weekend that we spoke to you was just like, a really tough weekend. I'll tell you why after the show, because it ties into what's going on right now. Uh-huh. And, you know, we ended up talking to you, and you were just super nice. And then we didn't get through all the conversation on Saturday so that you, like, 
got back with us Sunday so we could finish it. And it just ended up being such a great experience, which is awesome because if like the conversation would have ended up being awkward or if you were like, oh, fuck these guys, like it would have just been an extra nail through the heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying, but yeah. I, I do know what you're saying because it's like, yeah, like when you meet people and you you have an expectation and then it just is like, oh, that didn't go right at all. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever meet in all your years of touring and playing music and stuff? Did you ever meet somebody and you had high expectations and then it was like, oh, man, I did. I did. Yeah. Are you willing to tell us who? Yes, I am. And it's not. So this is a funny story. It's it, we played a show in Boston with Kill Switch Engage, and it was at the Palladium. And I had like Unearth played, and us, and Kill Switch, and Carrie King from Slayer was there, uh. and like he was backstage and whatnot. And it, it, it full uh, disclosures, like I wasn't like the biggest Slayer fan. Like I knew Rain and Blood, but it's not yeah. like. I wasn't the guy carving it in his arm, but like my buddy Pat, who used to play bass in Hope's Fall on No Wings, was a huge Slayer fan. And like, and I was young, I was like 22 years old. And I like, I like got Pat on the phone. And I was like, dude, I'm hanging out and Carrie King's here. And I was like, hey, would you say hi to my buddy on the phone? He was like, yeah. He goes, Hey, and, and like hangs the phone up on him and just like, Jesus, you know? And I was just like, ah, like this guy has bought everything, like everything that Slayer's ever released. And then of course, you know, my friend Pat was like, dude, Carrie King hung up on me. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) Like he was so stoked, but I was just like, God, what a fucking dick, man. Yeah. Yeah, That's a dick move. Whatever. I'm, Sure, that guy. I mean, that guy was on a level of famous that he was probably so just super annoyed, wanted to have a beer and hang out, you know? Exactly. Like, so. I think people get desensitized and just they don't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I can usually kind of sense that. But I love when people have some clout, but they also end up just being like super nice people, too. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, that's always that's always exciting and, and uplifting. So, Josh, you know, I'm very thrilled to see that uh, Hope's Fall is practicing again. Let's talk about that. Yeah, no, we've been, we've been practicing. About three out of five of us uh, yeah. live here in Charlotte, and it's just fun to jam. And we have this big, giant space that Adam's boss is, like, kind enough to let us practice in. And so the three of us can go in there and, and jam, and it's been fun. It's been fun to just play music for no other purpose than just playing music, you know? Yeah, like seeing those clips of you guys playing those songs on Instagram, it's almost like a peek into a forgotten world. And it gives me so much hope that maybe someday things will return to what they once were. I think that they will. And I and I, and I think that they will sooner than we think, or at least I'm really hopeful that like this year things will happen. I would like to go see shows. I actually have had my first vaccination shot. Oh, really? I had the first, yeah, I had the first half of the shot already. How did you get it? Do you know a guy? Do you have pre-existing conditions? No, I work uh, at a retirement center 
now part-time teaching foundation training. And ah. yeah, because I'm in and out with all those people who've had shots that like they, they got all the workers there that service that facility shots. Whenever people say they got the shot, I like to ask them, you know, if they know a guy and if I can like go to an undisclosed location to get injected with something, because it reminds me of my previous lifestyle. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I could see how you would like that. <laughs> yeah, but continue. No, no, but that, that was it. Like the, the, the athletic director there is this wonderful lady named Gay, and she was just like, I'm fighting hard to make sure all my trainers that are coming in to like train these people that are in their retirement home can get a shot, and she pulled it off. So when are you going to get the second shot? This Friday. Oh, so after yeah. the 10-day uh, mandatory quarantine period or however long it is, are you going to brazenly walk the streets of North Carolina without a mask and, like, you know, all that kind of stuff? No, I'll wear a mask where, where you have to wear a mask. And I've been, like, it's funny, but here, and, I, you know, obviously I, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but, and it's, I mean, everybody wears masks everywhere, but, like, life is 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 kind of resuming to normal except that people have masks on yeah i want to i want to continue with the mask once this thing is over you know it keeps me kind of anonymous uh i'm self-conscious <laughs> about how i look i feel like i yeah. can hide if i'm wearing the mask and sunglasses um maybe i avoid some bad breath from some folks you know maybe i miss getting sick that year from a cold or whatever else i like it i like the mask you probably, it probably, you probably will like during flu season and stuff. I mean, shit clearly reduces the spread of germs. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to become much more of a thing where people are just, it's much more common for people to wear masks. Like it will just be interwoven into regular life and you won't question it as much. I think so. I saw someone on Twitter yeah. post like, oh, are you against wearing masks? Think about it. Have you been sick this year? And I was like, yo, they're right. Dude, like, I, I didn't get a been. cold or anything. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, Me I neither. guess being inside all the time contributes to that, but still. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I have not been around nearly as many people. Tell us, how is your life going? You know, how's, how is life in general for you? I'm, I'm happy and excited about the future man. Like I had a, I had a wild year since the last, since the, well, since we spoke, uh, the first time. Yes. And then the second time after the, after the hum record came out. Um, right. but yeah, so no, I got, I got laid off from my, uh, my main job because was that at the brewery? I was, yeah. I was a sales rep in like uptown Charlotte. So I was, you know, I sold to the convention center, to the football stadium, to the base, the minor league baseball stadium, all oh. the hotels, all the restaurants that had all the business travel because of all the banks, right? The Fillmore, the amphitheater, you know, like the Blumenthal Performing Arts Centers, which is where like the Broadway shows would come through. It's like, dude, those places are gone. Like 75% of the business that I had died on March 17th of last year, like just Ooh. hard stop, just done. And our boss, and I think I was, I think we talked about this, but my boss made us a really fair deal and he was paying us based on our previous year in sales. Cause no one knew what the hell was going on. But like five months into that, they, they were like, 
hey man, like we can't afford to pay you. And I'm like, yeah, I see these sales reports. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this is not working. Oddly enough, uh, like I had read a book early last year, like early 2020. It must have been like January or February 2020. It was called The Surrender Experiment. And it was about, and it was, um, I'm going to forget his name because now I'm bringing it up. But anyway, this guy who is famous, who started like WebMD and is like a big time like Yogi, had this like policy of just saying yes to whatever doors opened for him, you know? And he was just like, I'm going to quit trying to control shit. I'm just going to say yes to whatever happened. And, 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 and like, as we were talking like that first time, I'm really fired up about the whole foundation training thing and like really feel like I can help people. I was like, how do I make this my life? You know, like, and when my boss, who is a friend of mine, who I'm texted with today about getting a beer at some point was like practically in tears when he had to like lay me off. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? Like (laughs) oddly enough, this is this is this isn't how I wanted this to happen, but I'm pretty sure this is what I wanted to happen. Like, because I would have yeah. never quit because I'd had so much invested and worked there for over ten years, and and it was like I was like I got a free pass. Wow! To go do the thing that I wanted to try to do, and so that's what I'm doing. And it's like, granted, it's in the time of COVID, so you can't really do a ton. But like the gyms that are allowing people to work out, like where people have masks and it's like they have reduced class sizes for social distancing and whatnot. Like I've been able to find like enough work to like start trying to make it my full time job. And then I just drive Uber and stuff in the meantime. And my father-in-law is a contractor. And when he needs help on jobs, I'll go and work with him. So it's like I can piece together a living, but I'm having fun. That's great. Yeah. And now you get to do what you love, your passion, the foundation training. Yeah. So I think it's a, I know it's a cliche, but I really like one door closes, another opens. And in the the particular brand of recovery I'm, I've been involved with for multiple years now, acceptance is a big part of that. And I, I try to practice that. And, you know, if you just stop fighting and I don't mean be a doormat or just like accept whatever happens to you, but I don't know. I've been in situations where I'm pushing, pushing, pushing because I'm like, these are the people I have to talk to, or this is the situation I'm supposed to be in. But if it's not working, it's not working. And if you can just let go and move on to the next thing, then it makes things so much easier. Like you could have easily hated your boss and been like, I'm never talking to this guy again. But you saw the reality of the situation. and You're like, I understand. Yeah. I mean, that was that was that was the whole thing. It was just like, this this is clearly not working. Like the, these numbers don't make sense. They cannot keep paying me <laughs> yeah. for me to sell nothing, you know. And yeah. uh, and I helped build that company, and it was really fun. And I'm really grateful for the experience I had there. And I I wish them nothing but the best. Like I want that brand to succeed. Like I want my boss. Like he's my friend. He's my friend. Yeah. He still is my yeah. friend. You know, we, we worked together for 10 years. We had a blast. Yeah. Do they give you any beer on the way out, like to help ease oh, yeah. the pain of getting laid Exactly. Off? Yeah. The, like some of the people that still work there will be like, yo, man, we got some extra cans. Like, 
here here we go. Like these are the misfills. Like we would always like take home the misfills, like shit that just like didn't meet the pressure gradient for like the can. You know, yeah. like you could squeeze it a little too much, but there's nothing wrong with the product inside. So like, yeah. and my friends will they'll, they'll 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 drop off beer for me and whatnot. That's fine. You ever like? get really loose with what's acceptable and what's not like, Oh, this one has a tiny scratch on it. We're going to take this one off the line or, Oh, that can looks a little strange. We're going to take this one. I, I, you know, I don't know what the policies are now, but I would, <laughs> I certainly never did anything like that. No, I understand. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> you know, people keep saying, People basically pick whatever the next season is and say, like, that's when music is going to come back. Is there uh-huh. anything realistic on the horizon? You know, like, like what Hope's Fall was on uh, Furnace Fest, right? Has that been rescheduled? Uh, there's been a lot of talk about when that is going to resurface and schedule again. I see. Yes. And it's about the most I'm at liberty to say about that. Ah, mm. so there. What else is in the works? Any? Are we talking about any shows? Any releases? Any anything? All of it. All of it. Oh, like we missed. We missed. Twenty twenty was going to be such a fun year. We had so much stuff that we had planned to do that year, and then oh. you know it just all got. We were going to go to Japan in with March Taken. of twenty twenty with Taken. And yeah. that got canceled. And like, we had all kinds of other stuff going on. And uh, that was like in the works and it all got, to, it, it all got thrown away. So I'm hoping that all of those exact same things are still an opportunity in, in like late 2021, hopefully, but 2022 at the latest. It's got to come back. I'm ready. I'm ready to see some shows. And I get genuinely excited when I see Hope's Fall doing things. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I hope I get to see them again one day. Yeah, I really, really want to go. It's like I had weird feelings about doing it again in 2018. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, we're too old to do this and like this and that and the other. But like, (laughs) we had such a good time. And then not having the option of live music for a solid year now just been like of course we have to go yeah. and do this like goodness gracious like that shit is fucking fun like everything i took for granted about that or like if i was ever jaded about you know the scene quote-unquote or shows or all, all that's out the door I'm just like oh dude i'm thirsty for it like i'll go see whatever band just to do it at this point yeah <laughs> just for something <laughs> to do i'd be so excited exactly. to see people and i was thinking about it I don't know. I used to go to a lot of shows alone. You know, like if a band was playing and I really wanted to see them, I would go by myself because I don't really know. I don't know anybody here who like listens to the same stuff I do, but I don't think I do that anymore. I don't know if I have it in me anymore. I think I crossed the threshold of uh, not going to shows alone anymore. You wouldn't. I would not. I yeah. would go see a band by myself that I really want to see if like no one else wanted to go. I think I still It would have would. to be like Hum or something. Or like if it was like Hope's Fall, I would go because I could like talk to you for a few minutes at least. But you know what? I don't know. I'm going to have to wait and see once shit comes back. Like you're not going to go to a show in New York where you don't know someone. Like you know people. 
No. If the bands that you are going to go see, you're going to know other people there, or you're going to see somebody with a, a t-shirt on and be like, oh, that guy likes Glass Shot. I'm going to talk to him like at the bar. Oh, no, I don't you do know, that. Like, I don't do that either. Yeah, that's a that's a big move. I'm a, I'm very I'm very introverted. Yeah. Oh man, I very much like when I see somebody with a band T-shirt on that I like, and they're not, especially if it's like if I saw somebody with a hum T-shirt or like a melancholy and the infinite sadness T-shirt, you, you know what I mean? I would just be like, dude, love it, you know. But yeah. I was a sales guy. I would start that conversation. Ah, uh, yes. See, yeah. See, I couldn't do that. I'm like I'm like too scared of people. And yet here you are interviewing people. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like <laughs> It's like put me on a stage and I'm cool or like put me in front of a microphone and I can get shit done, but it's like it has to be in the context of like a uh a creative pursuit. And Fair. then I'm comfortable. But just regular talking to people, like I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call you. I would feel weird calling you and just being like, "Hey, Josh, how's it going?" Yeah. What do you think that is? I don't know, man. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your childhood. Well, going back to uh, no, we we don't have nearly enough time for that. <laughs> Let's talk about your childhood. Did you have a happy childhood? I mean, sure. I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. I rode bikes. I played in the woods. My parents are still married. You know, like, look, you know, actually, like, I say that, like, all flippantly. No, looking back on it, like, I lived in idyllic childhood. Like, yes, I played outside. I rode my bike. I played wiffle ball and soccer and football. And, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. Like, my parents were middle class, you know, and I didn't want for anything, you know, like, because yeah. I wanted Jordans and they didn't get them <laughs> for me, you know, or something like that, <laughs> you know, but it's like, I wasn't hung, I wasn't hungry. Yeah. You know? I wanted a lot of things, but I didn't get them because we didn't have any money. Yeah. I think it's like my, my dad was a government, was like a government official. We didn't, we didn't live in ostentatious life but it's like i went to public school and shit was fine i wasn't worried about where my next meal was coming from every time i opened the cabinets there were food in it like there was food in the refrigerator yeah i didn't have the nicest sneakers or the best clothes but like whenever i needed something especially if it was like school or like something i my mom knew i had a real passion for like skateboarding like if i was like mom i I broke my skateboard i need a new one she'd be like Okay, uh, talk to me on the weekend. We can probably go down. Like, we can probably go get you one. Like, yeah, but nothing was ideal. Like, but at the same time, like, whose childhood is? Like, I think it's, I I, I don't ever, I try not to get in those conversations, especially with anybody where they're like, oh, I had it so rough. Because then it becomes this weird game of, like, (laughs) one-upsmanship. Yeah. Of, like, on on the reverse end. Yeah, of, of like it. I had it worse than you. Like I remember yeah. being at work one day. I was telling a story uh, about something where my mom was mad at me and you know hit me or something like you know just like or smacked me and was like shut up. And I was like oh okay. And I was telling this story, <laughs> and somebody was like, 
that's nothing. I got this. And then they went like, it was like a literally like this, you know, that scene in jaws where they all sit around and go <laughs> like compare their fucking scars. Like it was like, well, I got beat with uh, this. And I'm like, really? That sounds horrible. <laughs> Can we change the subject? <laughs> like, this yeah. is fucking, it's too early for this. Jesus. Like, well, boys, I, I fulfilled a childhood dream on Sunday. You want to know what it is? It go on. I beat Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's punch out for NES. Heck wow. yeah, dude. That is so hard to do. I never beat Mike Tyson. Yeah, no one has. Well, I guess except all the hundreds of speedrunners on YouTube. Yeah. I actually yeah. remember you I never had a Nintendo Keith. <laughs> you never had one, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Kidding. We never had it. Into, we had to draw pictures on the screen and move them. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a Nintendo. I was just terrible at it. Like I never beat any games, <laughs> and it wasn't because they were that hard. I just wasn't good. I got to uh, what was the guy's name before him that was really similar? Oh, Super Macho Man. Yeah, I got to him once, and he, I I think I lasted one round. But I remember he's pretty easy. San, Mr. Sandman is really hard. Super Macho Man's pretty easy. And Mike is just, Mike Tyson is incredibly tough. I just remember it took me forever to get the timing on, you know, Bald Bull does the, like the backup and the charge. Yeah. That, that timing took me forever. Thank God that game has codes and you can just restart where you stopped, where, you know, where you finished off. <laughs> yeah. I, I trained on the emulator. I, I, I probably started 30 rounds with Mike Tyson. And of those 30, I only won once. But you won and, once. Yeah, and that's good and that's enough. That's all that me. matters. Yeah. Exactly. Josh, what can we what can we expect from you from Hope's Fall? What to, uh, I don't know if you're allowed to announce anything yet, but tell us what to look out for. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce anything either. Because, like, we don't have a manager or anything. It's just, yeah. <laughs> like... We are actively pursuing opportunities. Ah, uh, that is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm hopeful. Here's a question for you. How did you feel after that run of gigs in 2018? Dude, right afterwards, I was like, yeah, that was a bad idea. Like, like, well, and here's why. Well, like the first two shows in New York... Until I saw the videos of like how much fun people were having, it just yeah. sounded so bad on my side of the stage. I was just like, man, this is, this is just, this is bad. Oh, like it sounds bad and I can't enjoy this. And so I'm just up there just trying to be like, let me just play these riffs and headbang and like look like I'm having a good time, even though. It doesn't sound good, and you just want to sound good, right? Yeah, you know, like y'all know, like when yeah. some when the stage sound is good, it doesn't matter if anybody else in the crowd enjoyed it. You're like, oh, that fucking sounded awesome. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I wanted that own selfish experience for myself. It's just like, okay, we're playing in a room, and there's people here, and it fucking sounds good. And I didn't have that experience. So when you went back and looked at the video, did you still think it sounded bad or did, did you see it from the outside and you were like, oh, okay, it's well, fine. Then, well, then I saw other people enjoying it, yeah. which I don't see in the moment. Uh, like it's all, I'm in my own little world, you know, and um, 
that being said, did I realize, you know, other people like this music is like, it's such a weird thing, right? Like everybody has their own memories and experiences wrapped up into it. And they're, they're tapping into something, you know, especially because we're a nostalgia band at this point, you know, even though we have like newer, even though we have a a record that's new that I, that I would like to think is relevant and good. It's just like, I think that's my favorite one, honestly. I remember you saying that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm very proud of that record. But I mean, realistically, it's like our fan base is people that found out about our band a very long time ago. Yeah, largely. I don't think we're going to be out there. I don't think there's going to be a lot of like 15 and 16 year old kids that are just like, dude, hopes fall. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think I'm really with it. You know what I mean? And then I'm around an actual teenager and I'm like, oh, I'm not at all. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a couple, yeah, like there's a couple things that like trickle through, you know, or like things that I'll find, I'll like stumble across on Spotify and just be like, yes, yeah. fuck yes, the kids are awesome. Go kids. <laughs> 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 you know, but they're not listening to me. They have, they don't care. They don't care. You know. Yeah. So, was the what was the problem? Was it was was it just the stage monitors, or was it the overall setup at Saint Vitus? Man, what was the, what was the deal? No, no, I I don't think it. I I mean, I have no idea. I've never played that venue prior to that, so uh, it's like I just, you know, in my little corner, it didn't sound good. I see. It maybe that's it maybe that's the dynamics of the room. I don't know, but like, yeah, that that was my experience. I know how that is because sometimes you're up there and it sounds bad or you can't hear yourself at all, but people are like, uh-huh. "No, it's fine. Just play." And then mm-hmm. you're like, "Does anyone even hear me?" It's it, it just it's a mess. Right, and like and obviously it's like people are there having fun, drinking beers like they're not criticizing it in the moment. They're just trying to have a good time. And like exactly. looking at the videos of it, I'm like, oh, people had a good time. Like that was fine. I thought it was great. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit. I'm particular and I didn't have any issue with it. So, yeah, there you go. Right. Like you're your own yeah. worst critic. So I was just getting in my own way. And now I'm just like, okay, post COVID, all that stuff. It's just like, and fuck that. Like go up there try to have some fun. Somebody else is going to have some fun too. Exactly. Well, we look forward to more. So folks follow hopes fall at hopes fall on Instagram, Twitter, find them on Facebook. I guess you just follow P I'm not on Facebook. What do you just find it and then follow the page or whatever? I think so. Yeah. I, do that. I recently got back on Facebook, but just because Ooh. just to promote my own little like foundation training business, but then I just run it through Instagram. I don't actually do anything on Facebook. It just says like Instagram has like an option is like share on Instagram and Facebook. And I just click. Yes. Josh has his own foundation training page too. So mm-hmm. find him. What is it? Find What is, uh, how can they find you on Instagram? Adapt CLT, which stands there for Charlotte. Go. Adapt yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. And if you haven't heard episode seven of our podcast with Josh, go back and listen to that because I really think there's something to this foundation training stuff and what Josh managed to do f- for himself, I think is pretty incredible. And if you're suffering from pain or something like that, maybe he can help you too. 
It's true. It's true. Yeah. But uh, it's funny. Uh, like Adam, our drummer, was like, "Dude, you talked for like forty minutes about not Hope's Fall on an interview." <laughs> that, that was, I was like, "Yeah, you're right. Sorry, and I didn't. You know, I just got caught up. I was talking about the shit that I'm into." Honestly, dude, like we barely talk about the band anymore okay. with the bands. We like don't care. I, I, that's like secondary to just the regular yeah. conversations. I'm more interested in learning about the people, to be honest with you. Yeah, like what are you doing? Yeah, what's your life like? Yeah, yeah. I want to unpack everything. I want to know the person because everyone's heard the music stuff. We recorded it. We put it out. You know, unless there's like some big blow up or fight or like yeah. major crisis, it's you know. Yeah. Whatever. And all of our drama was so it's so old now. It's just like it's just old. Yeah. I can't, like that's my thing is like do you want to have a conversation where we're like actually talking about real stuff and be like, "Oh yeah, guys, you guys recorded that album. Where was it? At a studio." Okay. Uh, <laughs> what kind of preamps? What kind of preamps do you guys use? Like who gives a fuck? Like if we were a, a, a like an actual podcast for tech people that were like in really into the technical side of music, you fucking signed up for the wrong place cuz Keith and I know nothing. Like I just buy shit. I don't know anything about equipment. I just buy like stuff my friends are selling or stuff that other people play that I see that I like. You know what I mean? I don't know like I don't know anything. I have uh, a really good insider, um, like my buddy Chad, who plays bass in Hope's Fall, but is better at guitar than me by a lot. Um, <laughs> like, he is a gear junkie. And uh, so I just run everything past him. It's like, yeah. Chad, what? What do I want? And he tells me, and I'm always happy. <laughs> I love that. You always need a guy. You need a guy to go I got to, a guy. Right? I got a good guy for this. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Josh, it's always a pleasure, and uh, we look forward to more. And shit, once you're back out there, we're going to come see you again. Dude, I can't wait to see you guys, man. Like, and meet in person. Like, I'm, right? I'm very hopeful. Like, within the next calendar year that that will be a reality all right well thank you josh and uh we'll see you soon all right folks and we're back tommy let's talk about some of our favorite guests and favorite moments from the show. Let uh, we're going to go in no particular order here, you know. But one of my favorites, Jim Ward from Sparta, one of my favorite musicians between at the drive-in and the Sparta, especially. You know, I was honestly surprised when he messaged me back and was like, "Yeah, I'll come on." I was like, "Yes!" And <laughs> dude, just a really pleasant soul. And I was always really curious what happened with that at the drive-in reunion. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad I got to ask that question, and a just really, really awesome conversation. Would love to have him back on the show sometime. For sure, yeah. And you know what? Um, if you haven't checked out the new Sparta stuff, there is a song called Empty Houses. It is yes. so fucking good. And in my head, I, I, I hear the riff from that, and I go, he wrote this stuff from at the drive-in that I love. <laughs> I hope I can tell him this one day, but when he was on the show, he said 
people got mad at him and said, like, this isn't a Sparta album. And whoever said that is dumb and they're not listening close enough because it's so a Sparta album. The riffs are so Sparta. The only difference is it's not like super loud, aggressive music anymore. And I, they haven't done that since Wiretap Scars anyway. So like, I, I don't understand why people don't get that transition. But it's again, it's one of those things that the band comes, the band changes ever so slightly and people are like, fuck that band. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Give Trust the River a chance. Listen to it. It's, it's some of their best work to date. All right, so uh, mine is episode 18 with Brad Truax from Interpol, and specifically because I think it was the first time that we really hit a stride with talking to an artist, not about their art, but about them and, and life in general. And it got very philosophical and very, very personal, like very quickly. Uh, and it felt like when we were done, I was like, that last 35 to 40 minutes we hit that was that was something special like that was something we haven't done before and we i want to go back to that i i I love that that feeling that we had in that moment yeah you know we actually had a segment we talked about where we were gonna like try to force that you know what i mean like the closing words thing but i realized you can't manufacture those moments you just have to they just happen in the course of conversation. I'd want to say Brad is an excellent guest. He's been on twice and a good friend, too. I was talking to him earlier today. And uh, yeah, just an all around great guy. The other part of so it kind of it kind of dovetails with this. Episode 45, Philip from Caspian. Yes, because that exact same type of talking that was fun and entertaining but also delved into things that were extremely serious i felt that again when we were done with that i i got done that episode and went that was amazing yes and the conversation flowed we must really be on all on the same wavelength because the conversation flowed so well and he's he's just such a nice thoughtful person i absolutely love that one and he turned us on to that uh, Woodstock 99 video of corn that, oh that we talk about in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not wrong. It's a goddamn fucking great video. God damn I'm going to post that next on our Instagram account, oh, and we'll yeah. see if it gets even more traction than the Beastie Boys clip. <laughs> yeah. we, we talked about rebranding as a Beastie Boys podcast because that little clip I posted of that video of theirs I always watch – has gotten more traction than anything we've ever posted of our own. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it one day and it was like over 2,000 views. I was like, what the fuck was this? Like, I, was like, I saw the in- the notification come up on my phone. I was like, hold on a second. What is this? What is this 2,000 views for? And then in my head, my, my immediate thought is Anthony reposted it and a bunch of people went and watched the video of something. And I'm like, I don't think we have any videos with Anthony. I'm like, what is it? And then I look at it I'm like, oh, it's the Beastie Boys thing. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Did you watch did you watch the YouTube video of that whole performance? No, I did not. You should check it out. It's so good. Yeah. It's like it's like up there with corn at Woodstock 99. See, I I I like the Beastie Boys a lot. I just for some reason I I think MTV overplayed that video. Remember the sabotage video with them all in the cop cars and it was like kind of filmed like a early 70s cop tv show i yeah i just got sick of that song and i, I no I, but li- like i don't listen to the beastie boys like ever 
But that performance is unbelievable because they have a guy on keys, they have two percussionists, they have the DJ, and they have all three of them playing the uh, the instruments for the song. It's it's incredible. Yeah, that's uh, one of those things. I, my brother-in-law gave me a record a long time ago, and it was called Aglio e Olio. I think it's, it means with like with oil and vinegar, but it's basically their punk rock kind of EP that they put out. And yeah. it was really good. And it's very sh- just straightforward punk rock. Like it is not, there's no rapping <laughs> at all. No, they started as a straight like thrash punk band. Yeah. All right. So more or more discussions that we really loved on the show. Liam Wilson. Oh, yeah. Another one. I think similar to Brad and where we just got like very deep into cool discussions about life and philosophy and religion and all that kind of stuff. Very interesting guy. Pro podcast guest for sure. The one that I really was like, I go back to is Anthony. And it's yeah. for such a selfish reason. Anthony has like a three to four minute thing where he talks about me being in the band and playing music with me. And it's just so glowing. <laughs> if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm ever really having a bad day or I don't feel like, all right, like, like if we're doing the podcast and I'm like, oh man, I have so much work to do or I have grading to do or something, whatever. I, I listen to that and immediately I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like, cause it's just him saying the nicest things in the world about me. <laughs> yeah it's and it's such a selfish reason to like that episode plus he's also he's he's been a good friend of mine for such a long time just to hear him talk about music and and his passion for it and his passion for the fans and and everything that goes along with just just being a you know him is it's fascinating like it's just i can listen to him talk for hours sometimes he was a very fascinating guest, and I was hanging on to every word. That two-part episode run was excellent, so if you haven't heard it, go check it out. And it was it was crazy. Like, by the time we recorded all of that in one night, and then we stayed on for, like, another 40 minutes talking afterwards. Oh, yeah. And I felt, like, high afterwards. I felt like, I don't know, it was just, like, this weird energy. And I, I was, like, staring at the ceiling all night in bed, like... How am I going to post this thing? Do I put it all up at once? Do I break it in two? What, what, like, it was just, it was a really surreal experience. And I think uh, a very awesome conversation. Because I haven't talked to Anthony since we were kids. That's what I like about this whole thing is that I get to have these conversations where I wouldn't get to have them normally. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the other thing is, is like we get to talk to people that I normally wouldn't have the opportunity to talk to. Like, just even like thinking like, you know, I mean, we get to talk to Anthony because I can just text him, but like, you know, Nathan from Boy Sets Fire or, you know, Tara from End of the Ocean or, you know, like, and we also get to have, I think the, the thing that kind of goes, that's been a running theme of this is like, we always just like to make fun of things and, and say things that like make us laugh. Like, yeah, E-Town Concrete's better than the Beatles. Like, they are though. They, they really are. are. It's not a real, yeah. it's not, it's not like a d- discussion, but I also think about like, <laughs> it's funny to just get people upset about that <laughs> because I saw TJ wrote something in one of the comments was, and he, he tagged Vadim in it and was like, we have to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk to them about this. Like, don't you think it's weird that like other people, don't you think it's weird to get mad at like others, people's opinions? Oh yeah. Like if, like if I'm like, I like this. 
and someone's like, no, no, that's wrong. Like that, that just seems like such a waste of time. That's why I actually, I've had this discussion with my wife before because she'll get mad at the kids. Like she'll go like, why aren't you eating this? And they're like, I don't like that. And I'm like, yeah, if they don't like it, they're not going to eat it. Like my wife hates certain foods. And I'm like, if, what if I just made a food like that all had, she hates horseradish. Like if you had like, what if I just made something that was like the, the main ingredient was horseradish. She's like, well, I wouldn't eat it. I'm like, well, of course you wouldn't fucking eat it. Cause you hate it. Like the girls don't like certain things and they're just not going to eat them. So like, don't yeah. try to push them to do it. More conversations that we really enjoyed. Kevin Dye from Gates. Gates is probably my favorite newer band. And when I say newer, I mean like bands I got into after 2010. They're probably at the very top of the heap. And their music has helped me in some major ways through some of the toughest times in my life. So talking to Kevin and talking about the music and him sharing uh, the story about his battle with cancer and all that stuff. Another crazy thing... They broke they that band almost broke up after Parallel Lives came out because they weren't like they weren't happy with the response to the record. Yeah. Which I think is crazy cuz like I didn't even know that and oh my god the record is so good like oh it's just weird. Another one of my favorites. <laughs> Pat Troxel cuz he is a fucking <laughs> is a fucking crazy person. <laughs> that yeah. fuck, he makes me fucking laugh so hard. And he tells a real, it doesn't matter what Pat's talking about. He tells a really good story, No, but he knows what details to include. He knows what to fucking run past and be like, I'm not spending time on that. Like he knows what gets people's attention and fucking runs with it. It's so good. Yeah. He, he kind of has a hand in this podcast getting started because I think we had the idea. And then when we heard him telling all those stories outside of Kung Fu Necktie, I was like, this is going to be the show. He's like he's a very engaging storyteller like on the level of anthony oh yeah and And he's just got endless entertaining stories and on top of that like everything that pat has done musically i appreciate like whether it's lovelorn or fucking heroes equal shit like for everything he's kind of put his fingerprints on i'm like this is fucking cool like pat's fucking pat gets it like pat's fucking down i really enjoy him and just talking to him because (laughs) he'll go from one story to be like yeah by the way that's when i was hopping trains for a while and lived in the ewok village in florida and we're like wait say that part again (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) what a life man he's awesome i can't wait to have him back on and uh a couple more casey iodine awesome Mm -hmm. awesome guest that that ended up being like such a surprise, awesome discussion because Iodine records weren't even on my radar, really. And I mean, I just loved every second of it. Punk icon leaving. I mean, come on, you nailed you you got us that one, Tommy. That was great. I just love the fact that he talked about my dad for forty five minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, just asking questions about my dad growing up. That was fucking awesome for me. I mean, that's that's surreal, amazing, real shit. Like, it's oh, yeah. just, it's just awesome. I think one of my other favorite ones, uh, it, and it's, it's just because of like, I, I, I hate to say it, but it's like, because I like everything that they, they've kind of done. I like Scott Mellinger, the ep, ep, oh, ep, yeah. episode 15, because yeah. 
you know, even when I said something like, you know, I love when you were in cru- Creationist Crucifixion, he was just like, well, actually, I only played on in Silico and then a couple of the EPs, uh, and Automata is a fucking genius work, but like, I didn't play anything on there. Like, <laughs> that brutal honesty of like, he could have just been like, yeah, man, Creationist Crucifixion is fucking rad. I was in that. Like, he goes with the truth over. This is this is a great story. Like I I truly appreciate about that. And then on top of that, you know, like he's a really great musician, and he's a dad, and he's just like everything about him came off as genuine and and likable. I really like that episode. Yeah, for sure. And Pete Appleby, two time guest, legend. Renee Hartfeld is one of my absolute favorite bands. Memorial too. I like the fact that he he went to medical school. <laughs> like we're yeah. sitting there talking to her, like. So you're a dental surgeon now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you make awesome music. That seems crazy. But so I really, really like the interview. It's episode 35 with uh, Kenny from Vacationer and the starting line. Yeah. I was not a huge fan of the starting line. I really didn't even know any of their music really. But uh, I knew Kenny as a part of the scene and somebody that makes awesome music. And now uh, I see how awesome vacationer is and just his dj sets and like i i I literally go on his instagram and watch him play bass along with stuff and then use the mpc and i'm like this guy's a fucking genius like he literally takes like bits and pieces of things that already exist puts them together in a way that's completely new and then improvises over it like I, i i'm always in awe of people like that it's like just fucking pure genius it's amazing yeah, I mean, the amount of great guests we've had is inconceivable even to me. So I want to wind down here and just thank everybody who's been on the show and who's given us their time to talk to us uh, about their contributions to music and everything else. Tommy, I want to thank you for being a part of this thing. I can't imagine doing it with anybody else, nor would I want to. Yeah, I mean, it's just a wonderful, beautiful, unexpected project that is now ours, and we get to do it every week. Yeah, and actually, that was funny. I actually wrote down, like, I have a little notepad here next to me, and I wrote down, make sure you thank Keith. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to say, and this is something that we've mentioned, actually, you even brought it up in the other thing, like, when we were talking to Richie, like, I I show up and talk. I send Keith the fucking files and walk away. Keith then does the real work, which is the editing, the getting guests, the, the posting, the maintaining all the sites, all the stuff that goes along with this, like the real work behind this is all Keith. And, uh, it's honestly, it's a thankless job. The only time this is probably one of the four times I've said, thank you to you for this, (laughs) like, because it, it is, it's easy to come on here and be like, well, I'm taking time out of my day to do this. All right, I'm going to do this and, and we'll get it done. And then it's like, when you're in the midst of it and doing it, you're like, Oh my God, this is so much fun. And it all came from the fact that Keith had the initiative to be like, let's fucking do this. Because it honestly, if I was at the helm of this, it, it this would have been three episodes and done because <laughs> I don't, I don't have the, I just don't have that, that drive like Keith does when, when it comes to creative endeavors, I can walk away from creative things for 
months at a time. There's dust on one of my guitars. You know what I mean? Like I can walk away and be like, I don't care. Keith has this drive that's just innate and something that he really just wants to be doing. And I, I just don't have that. And I, I, I truly appreciate Keith's dedication to this because there's guys, there's days where we fucking record this on a Wednesday night and he edits it all Wednesday night and all day, well, you know, all day Thursday after he's done work and sends it off to Richie to get mastered. Like, yeah. It, it's so it's ready for Monday morning. Like, and without fail, every Monday morning at 9 a.m., like clockwork, everything's posted where it needs to be. Everything's done. And Keith has saved my ass a couple times because he's gone, Ooh, there was a thing where I left your name in. We're going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and fix it now. Don't worry about it. And then yeah. he'll, he'll sit, he'll just, you know, send me a quick text and be like, yo, just double check it. Uh, I just took it out. So it should be okay. I'm like, fuck yeah. dude, you're a fucking lifesaver. So I truly appreciate what you do, Keith. And, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much because I mean, honestly, I've walked away. I, I, I all but walked away from all of this stuff. <laughs> like I, 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 you know, there's, I feel bad. There's sometimes bands that you guys start talking about and you go, Hey, you remember? And I'm like, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. any of this. So it's just, it's, it's so great to be a part of this. And I'm so happy we get to do this with each other. And like you said, from the beginning, I think one of the biggest themes we continue to, you know, continuously go back to is friendship this is all about us being friends and sharing funny stories and memories and talking about life exactly and thank you for that and i know i complain about the editing and some of the work sometimes but i really do love it and quite honestly it saves my life you know what i mean this this gives me something to do and that me staying occupied in positive and productive things saves my life so from tommy and me thank you to everybody who listens Thank you to all the members. Remember, you're a member when you say you are. All you got to do is say it and you're in. Uh, continue to write us. Continue to listen to us. Continue to be a part of this. You can get in touch with us at northeastscene at gmail.com or the Instagram, the any scene. Those are the easiest ways to get in touch with us. And uh, I mean, the response has been great and we want to keep moving forward. And we love this. We love you. We're all in this together. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and until next time. Yay!